This is just exercising our sovereign right to adopt legal tenders. Like we adopted the U.S. dollar in, in the year 2001. The only difference probably is the, the, the reasons why we are doing this. In 2001, it was probably done for the benefit of the banks. And this decision is done by the, for the benefit of the people. Hello there from Bedford in the United Kingdom. How are you all doing? I have returned to the motherland after spending a few weeks out in El Salvador and in the US. Specifically in El Salvador, I went out originally to look at the expansion of the Bitcoin project out there. And obviously we heard the news that Bitcoin has been made a legal tender in the country. Wow, what a few weeks. Anyway, welcome to the What Bitcoin Did podcast, which is brought to you by Gemini, the only place I am using for buying Bitcoin. I'm your host, Peter McCormack. And today I've got an interview with El Salvador President Najib Bukele, but before that, I do have a message from my show sponsors. Okay, today we're going to kick off with Ledger, the world's most popular hardware wallet. Now, a hardware wallet allows you to take custody of your Bitcoin. And I have been a Ledger user since early 2017, and I'm still using the same Nano S I bought back then. Now, Ledger makes it easy for you to safely manage your Bitcoin using their Ledger Live software, which interfaces with your device. And also, if you're an Android phone user, you can connect that to your Nano S and manage your Bitcoin on the go. If you want to find out more, please head over to ledger.com, which is L-E-D-G-E-R.com. Next up, we have Gemini, the only place I am using for buying and selling Bitcoin. But I still have not sold a single Bitcoin with Gemini because we're in a bull market and I am only buying. Now, I have started using the Gemini app for buying the dips, but I also set up my DCA with twice monthly buys of Bitcoin, and I'm yet to see a better or easier interface for buying Bitcoin. With their streamlined trading view, you have access to all the tools you need to understand and start investing in Bitcoin, all through one clear, attractive interface. Now, if you want to find out more, please head over to Gemini.com, which is G-E-M-I-N-I.com. Next up, we have my newest sponsor, Revolut. Now, as many of you know, Lloyd's TSB, my bank of nearly 25 years, closed down all my accounts recently. They clearly don't like Bitcoin. Then along came Revolut, approached me about moving my banking services to them. And you know what? It could not have been easier to create an account. And most importantly, they like Bitcoin. They want to make it easy for Bitcoiners to be able to move money to exchanges. And now Revolut is offering $20 or £20 to all new customers that complete three card transactions. It only takes a few minutes to set up and you can create a card and add it to Apple Pay immediately to get your cash in your pocket. But you know what I would do? I would convert that straight to Bitcoin. Now this is a new relationship and I'm working with the Revolut team to help build a bank which is Bitcoiner friendly. There is a lot to navigate but we're working hard at this. And if you want to find out more and get your bonus, please then head over to revolut.com forward slash WBD. That is R-E-V-O-L-U-T dot com forward slash WBD. And also, let's talk about BlockFi, the future of Bitcoin and financial services, offering a number of products for Bitcoiners. Now, with a BlockFi interested account, you can earn yield on your Bitcoin. I've been doing this for nearly two years. I love letting my Bitcoin work for me. And with a Bitcoin back loan, you can borrow against your Bitcoin without selling. And also, imminently, they are launching the BlockFi credit card, which offers 1.5% rewards back on all card purchases. If you're interested in checking BlockFi out, I recommend you do your own research, then head over to BlockFi.com, which is B-L-O-C-K-F-I.com. 
Okay, on to the show. And this is a massive one. And, and a bit of an honour. As some of you know or seen on my Twitter, last week in El Salvador, I had the opportunity to sit down with President Najib Bukele and ask him all about El Salvador making Bitcoin legal tender and what it means for the country. Now, this was definitely one of my most surreal interviews I've done. You know, four years ago, I started this podcast as a hobby. And then last week, I interviewed my first sitting president, which was also the president's first formal interview to discuss Bitcoin following the passing of the Bitcoin law. Now, I first visited El Salvador back in December 2019. I was in Uruguay for La BitConf, and I was approached by Michael Peterson, who asked me if I wanted to find out more about his Bitcoin Beach project. So what did I do? I did what I always do. I went on my Mondo, I found a flight, and two days later, I was in El Salvador after taking a flight via Panama. Now, Michael and I are staying in close contact, but due to the pandemic, I was unable to get back to El Zante until last month, when Jack Mallers invited me out to film what Strike was working on. On my return, I was able to check in with the Bitcoin Beach team and see how their project has expanded, but also I was aware of the moves the government was now making. When Jack, along with President Bukele, announced that El Salvador would be making Bitcoin legal tender at Bitcoin 2021, it instantly became the most important story in Bitcoin. This is a step towards hyper-Bitcoinization and towards what Bitcoiners have been talking about for over a decade now. So a few thanks. Firstly, to Michael Peterson, Jorge, Chimbera and everyone at Bitcoin Beach for planting this seed. My boy Jack Mallers for taking this to the government and also President Bukele for agreeing to do this interview. You know what? He could have chosen any media outlet to have this interview, but he offered it to me. So yes, it's a bit weird for me, but it was an honour and I tried to do my absolute best with this. Now, I did have limited time and I wanted to cover as much as possible. Nothing was off limits and the interview was presented exactly as it was recorded. I would like to go in more detail with the president on some of the issues, so I will pursue a follow-up in the future. Now, if you do have any questions and you do want to reach out to me, my email address is hello at whatbitcoindid.com and I will get back to you. Outside of that, I hope you enjoy this interview and I will hand you over to President Bukele. Hello again, Mr. President. Thank you for having me here. You've made quite some history this fast, past few weeks. You've put a bill in place that's been passed. Bitcoin is going to be legal tender. What made you decide to do this? Oh, thank you, Peter, for the interview. Nice shirt, though, the Pink Floyd one. Thank you. I, I had to take away my, my president suit because, my president costume, because I'm having dinner with the first lady and she wanted me to, to dress like a human being. So, like you and me. I got the blue socks, though. Well, I got the blue socks last time, and now, now I have to change. So <laughs> I had to take my personal costume off. No, uh, thank you for everything. I really, uh, you see this, when, when you make a, a decision, it can either be a decision that you take because it's a historical debt, or you can be forward-thinking. Both are necessary. For example, if you have, like in El Salvador, uh, huge crime rate that you need to lower down. Then you have to take decisions to do that because it's a historical debt. You owe that to the people. And we have done quite well in, the, in that area. Even though we still have a lot of crime, but it has gone down quite a lot. But sometimes you also have to, to, to take forward-thinking decisions and try to, not to foresee the future, but at least to know where the, where the world is going and try to be, get there first. So your people will get some benefit out of it. And in the case of Bitcoin, 
I mean, it's just, the system is just beautiful. I mean, you have this guy, we don't know who he is, we know his fake name, um, inventing something, or probably, probably a bunch of guys. Or, but this, they invented this thing that it's, it's beautiful in, in its thinking, and not only because it's free and because it's, it's peer-to-peer or because, uh, but every detail was thought well before it happened. Like for mining, mining for example. Uh, at the beginning, you can mine with your laptop. Now you need all these com- powerful computer systems. But at the beginning, it was worth, Bitcoin was worth, the worth of Bitcoin was really low. So nobody would invest in these powerful machines. So at that time, the blockchain and the, and the, and the puzzles were simple. And then you just needed your normal equipment. So everybody could invest in that and have these coins that were, that were worth very little. With time, Bitcoin increased in price. And at the same time, it got more complex and you needed more power in your computer and, your, and, more, and more investment to do that. So nobody would have done the investment if the prices would have gone up, wouldn't, wouldn't have gone up. So this guy or this group of people thought about it, like everything would come in place right at the time that it would be needed to go in place. So when you look at everything that has happened since the beginning of Bitcoin till now, you can, you can predict what's going to happen in the future and it's going to be a lot bigger than it is right now, which is quite big actually. But it's going to be even, even bigger than what it's now. So I think a lot of, not only countries, but people are switching themselves to Bitcoin. And then you have all of the problems with, with, with the current monetary systems. And uh, the Bitcoin system is so perfect that I think it's going to be the future. And it is, it is the present already in a lot of things, but it's going to be big, way bigger in the future. And why, I mean, El Salvador has not, be, has not been the the country that's, that's recognized to be the first in, in innovation, but, but why not this time? So being the first country adopting Bitcoin as a legal tender, it's, it's a good thing for, for our country. And if you add up the, the practical reasons, like, like uh, receiving remittances with, uh, at the speed of light and having uh, almost no costs, like you would have uh, with Western Union and those those types of systems, having financial inclusion to seventy percent of the people that don't own, that doesn't own bank accounts, having a, a lot of investment in tourism that would come up uh, come from this, and not becoming independent because we're not, but at least becoming a little less dependent on the output of new dollars and the new inflation that's coming with those dollars, those new dollars. We don't perceive any of that. Because when a country prints more money, there's a good side and a, and a downside. Uh, the good side or the upside is that the government has more money to spend. The downside is the inflation because you're just pouring in more money with no basis. But the problem with, with using an international currency that is not yours to print is that you're only absorbing the cost. I mean, now your, your dollars are worth less. 
But you're not getting any of the new printed money because you, they, they didn't print it for you. So for a country like ours, and we're not the, country, the only country of the world with that, um, with that reality, I think having Bitcoin as legal tender, even though nobody has done it before, it was a no-brainer. But why not launch your own currency? Well, you know, the world is becoming smaller, uh, more interconnected. Of course we can do our own currency. It would be, you know, we have, we have the support in Congress. It would be normal. I mean, most countries have their own currency. We had our own currency. So, yeah, why not? I, I don't think that would be as innovative or it would drive financial inclusion or it would help people that, receiving, that receive remittances or it would put El Salvador in the forefront of a new digital revolution. Or I mean, yeah, it might be good monetary policy, but it won't do m more than that. So we're, we're thinking in all of, the, all of the things around Bitcoin, not only Bitcoin. As, uh, and, and like I said before in your first question, we think it's the future. So why not going for the future and not going to the past by issuing these old paper currencies that, you know, they're still worth something, but, you know, with time passes, a lot of people are switching away from them. So what is the, I mean, you've obviously spent time thinking about it. What are the risks of this project for you? Because there's internal risks, but there's also external risks. Well, yes, of course. But... You know, what could be the risks? I mean, yeah, you could get some people angry or mad at us. They haven't been so good to us anyway. I mean, let, let's, let's, let's see how things are here. 70% of people, they don't even have a bank account. So some banks may be upset. Yeah, but they are not taking care of 70% of our people. I mean, it's not like, it's not like we're doing good in the old system. So why not try a new system that, it looks good to me. I mean, for me, it looks, it looks bulletproof. I'm, I'm pretty sure this is going to work, not only for us, but for humanity, because it's a, it's a leap forward for humanity. And if, we're, if we can be part of it, and, uh, and an important part of it, our small country, we're the smallest country in the continent. And... Uh, if we can be at the forefront of an economic revolution, why not try that? And what are we risking? I mean, we're, we're yeah, there's, there's probably some small risks, but I, I, I really don't see them as, as big risk. Only probably getting some people angry at us, but they haven't been so nice to us anyway, so, you know, why not try something new that it's handled by, by anybody? instead of being in the hands of somebody that could decide your monetary future from one day to another without consulting you or anything or without caring what's going to happen to you or your people, why not the system that it's open and free? It, it sounds a lot more appealing to me than the old, the old system. What is it like to be a president and be in this situation? This, just even sat here doing this interview for me, it is very surreal. It's, uh, it's never something I thought I would do. You're a president, and you're a president of a country. I know it's a country you love deeply and you love the people. You have to deal with the United States and international institutions. What is it like being a president, the responsibilities, the pressures, 
And also, what is it like dealing with these international institutions who hold a lot of power? Well, several questions in yeah. one. I do love my country and, and, and my people. And I want them to thrive and to succeed. And I know how most of them are doing. And what I'm telling you now, I mean, any politician can say that. But they know it's true. They, and they love me back. That's why we're doing so good in the polls. And it's, I mean, I'm, I've been two years in office. It's not like, you know, I'm honeymoon or anything. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's not because we're, I'm perfect or because all, of, all that we do is, is, is the, you know, the best of the best. No, it's just that people know that we try really hard. And uh, we all, everything that we do, we are thinking of what's going to be the future of this country, what's going to be the future of, of our people and what is going to be how, and how is humanity going to see us and how the rest of the world or the rest of the world is going to see us but at the same time when you talk about this big financial institutions we have a lot a lot of respect for them that they're very big they're very powerful and and frankly we, we need um, help from them and they have, they have helped us in the past and they will probably help us in the future having said that i i'm really more preoccupied in how the world when i see the i said the world how the world sees us I'm more preoccupied as how the real world sees us. Because the real world is not in some office with five guys in a, in a, in a table. The real world is out there. And if, you're looking, and if you look at the news right now or, 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 the, or the conversation in social media, there's more conversation about El Salvador. There's tons of more conversation about El Salvador than, than a month ago. And most of it is good. Of course, there's always going to be some haters and everything. I mean, there's, there's just how free speech works, right? But um, most of the people are enthusiastic or at least curious about what's, what's going to happen in El Salvador. And that's, I mean, that's something I'm, I'm happy for because, you know, uh, this might be not the biggest country in the world or the richest or, you know, the one with the most GDP, but it's, it's our country and it's, it's the country I most love. So... Um, I'm very happy that this is happening here. And I know it's going to help millions of Salvadorans and probably it's going to help billions of, of uh, humans because the example we're going to set up here is going to resonate in all over the world. And you're already seeing politicians from Paraguay, Panama, uh, Honduras, Guatemala, Costa Rica, um, Nigeria, uh, Tanzania, um, you know, today I think um, BBVA, the bank from Banco del Vizcaya, just said that they're going to operate uh, with Bitcoin in Switzerland. So you're seeing all of these changes happening. Of course, not not of all, not every change is driven by what we're doing here, but at least it's influenced, or at least it's being checked, or at least they are curious about what's happening. And I'm, I just, I know, I'm just excited about, excited about what's what's going to happen to our country in a good way. And excited about the benefits that our people are going to receive in, 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 in so, many, so many issues and so many benefits. And I, don't see, I really don't see the downside. Mm. Probably the only downside, like I told you before, was if you're going to get some people mad. But, you know, we're going to try to calm them down. Yeah. We're not doing anything bad here. We're just lo- lo- looking for the best interest of the people. And this is not... This is not uh, like you said, this is not a more. We could we could do something centralized, our own currency, whatever. But we're looking into something that's open, free, and most importantly, that it will work. 
So we're looking at that this will be a huge game changer for us. I think that's a no-brainer also. It's going to be a huge game changer. One way or the other, everybody, I mean, you have to see it. This is going to be a game changer. It has already been a game changer, and, and, and the law hasn't gone into effect yet. So imagine when it goes into effect. This, this is going to be huge. Huge for us and a huge example to humanity. Wow. All, all the eyes are on El Salvador right now, especially in the Bitcoin world. A lot of people are coming to visit. I get emails and texts on a daily basis asking me what it's like, you know, where they should travel to, what they should see. Um, and it's been a big year for Bitcoin. We had Michael Sater make big bets on Bitcoin. We had Elon Musk make a big bet on Bitcoin. But Bitcoin is also naturally skeptical of politicians. You know, Satoshi wanted to separate money and state which kind of this project does anyway. And we always say, don't trust, verify. We got very badly burned, or a lot of Bitcoin is filled, they got badly burned by Elon Musk. And so then I really put to you is, how, why should people trust you? They, they don't have to. Because the Bitcoin is an open and free system. So they don't have to trust us. They have to, they have to trust the system. And we trust the system. It's like, a, it's like if, I mean, we have, we have spoken very candidly and everything, mm. but, you know, I, I, don't, I don't have to trust you. You don't have to trust me. It's just that we both trust the system. And it's going to work. And that's going to be, that's going to be good. I mean, if you're, if you're um, a proponent of Bitcoin being used by people and by communities and by countries, and by banks, and by merchants. You have to be on board of this project. I mean, you, you can't be if you, if you don't want to. You, you, you can, you, you can but why would you post a project that is aligned with your ideals, that it's aligned with what you think it's good, that you know that it's gonna benefit the people? You know, I mean, you don't have to trust me. You have to trust the system, and it's gonna work. And it's going to benefit a lot of people. So if you want to get on board that, you can. And if you don't want to get on board that, you just don't get on board. But it's, I think it's going to be very good. You don't have to trust me. I, I mean, I would like people to trust me. Every, we're human beings. We're social animals. We, we, we love people liking us. I mean, that's, that's, that's the, way we, the way we function. But Bitcoin doesn't, Bitcoiners does, does not need to trust me. They don't need to trust me. They just need to trust the system. And they, don't, they need to trust Bitcoin working for Salvadorans. And if that works, we're all served and we're all happy. And if they want to like me, fine, but they don't have to like me or you. They just, you know, just, we're just human beings. We're just imperfect human beings. And, and, and actually, you may like some things about somebody and some things you, you don't like about somebody, but that's something personal. And we're not talking about something personal here. We're talking about... Uh, a new monetary system. We're not talking about a person. We don't know about if Satoshi was a, you know, very nice or not, not very nice. Or mm-hmm. Was he a man or a woman or a hundred persons? I mean, it's just, you know, you don't, have to, you don't have to like him as a person. You just have to like the system. I mean, the wheels are in motion now. But are, are there any scenarios where this stops, this project stops. Are there any scenarios where you think, you know what, we don't do this anymore? Or is this happening, this is real? 
Now it's happening. It's the law of the land. It's just approved by a, more than a supermajority in Congress. You know, our Congress is 84, has 84 seats. You only need 43 to change monetary policy, which is half plus one. That's, that's the majority, right? So we, and, and, but we have something called supermajority here that you need two-thirds, which would be 56 out of 84. We got 63 votes. I mean, we got more than two-thirds. We actually got almost three-quarters of the, of, this, of the votes. I don't see this being stopped. This is just going forward every day. We're just going to announce a lot of interesting things that's going to move the project even forward. Mining, energy, a lot of things. And... I mean, like you said, a lot of people are already coming and developing apps and things. I just seen like promotions just for Salvadorans. I just seen this this company. I'm not gonna advertise it, but this company just said, just for Salvadorans, if you join in now, you get uh, 25 bucks. And it's like, I mean, this is this is I mean, this is happening every day. A lot of people are coming. A lot of people want to see things by themselves. In you know, in Bitcoin Beach, which actually they were the pioneers in all of this. Mm-hmm. And, and the lab that proved that it can be done in, in our country. And they, and, and they were very smart. I, mean, I know I'm changing the subject a little that's bit. Fine. But they were very smart into going to a place that's not rich. Because they didn't went to, you know, to a rich neighborhood and, and, and try it there. And you would say, oh, well, but they're rich, they have savings. No, they were to a community. They were to a poor community. They went to a very poor community. And they proved that it worked. And... If it worked in, in El Sonte, it, would, it, will, it will work in El Salvador. So, you know, I don't see, I don't see anything stopping it. I mean, you know, every, everything done by humans can be stopped, you know, but I, I just don't see how. This is, 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 is law. It's, the, the government is working 24-7 in, in getting, going into effect in 80 days. So we're, I mean, we're, we're running... We're, we're doing, we're, we're going to do things as, as best as we can. And remember, Bitcoin works by itself. So it's not that like it depends on what we do. But of course, the things that we are doing, it will, you know, protect the decision and, and guarantee that there will be the, the more benefits for the people. So yeah, this, is, this is happening. I, I, just don't, I just don't see how, how it's not going to happen. Well, I first came here about 20 months ago. Uh, I think Bitcoin Beach had been live for a couple of months. I met Michael Peterson in Uruguay, invited me out here. So I came two days later. And when I got, when I got to the airport, he picked me up and he said, oh, we have a new president. And, uh, and this always stuck with me because he said he campaigned under this slogan, there's enough money when no one steals. You've obviously got a history of some presidents who have uh, filled their pockets and protected themselves. And it feels like you've come in as president and wanted to genuinely change the country and genuinely want to do something different from the country. And you're also young. You're younger than me. Um, that's, that's not that young, right? I mean, I mean for being a president... you is very common. I mean, come on, come <laughs> on. <laughs> Most well, people in the world are younger than you. That is true. You know, like 75% of the population. I don't feel young. I'm joking. But compared to like the U.S. president, you know, oh, yeah. he's—I oh, don't know how old he is. Like, it's very easy I, to be younger than him. Yeah, I, but 
do you think this is your advantage in, in that you're able to relate to younger people, but you're able to build a future for people of a similar generation? Do you think that's the difference you've been able to make? It should be one of them. I mean, not, not the only. I mean, it's not like being young guarantees anything. Being young is just a, just a normal process of biological process of getting old. I mean, the minute you, get, you, bo- you, you were born, you started, to get, you started to get old. So being young is just a process. I mean, it's not, it doesn't guarantee anything. But, I mean, it, it, it has to be a factor in your way of thinking, you know, the, the way that you, you relation your, uh, yourself with the world, uh, social media, where do you consume your information? I mean, do you, do you consume more information in social media or do you go to uh, legacy uh, TV networks? I mean, it's, it has to be a big factor, but it, it, it's obvi- obviously it doesn't guarantee anything. I mean... It's a big factor, but you can have good people of, of uh, older age or bad people of younger age and the other way around. It's just, you know, it's, I mean, it's, a, it's a, also a matter of decency and a matter of wh- what do you, where do you see yourself in the future? I don't want to see myself in jail or something. So, you know, I just want to, I mean, I want to see a good future for, for, for me, for my family, for, for my daughter, for the world, for my country, and, you know, Money is important, mm-hmm. but it's it's over. I think it's overestimated the importance of it. I mean, you, you I need. You, you, I mean, money is is nice, but you need the freedom and uh, and that tranquility to spend it and and to enjoy it and not being you know prosecuted or I, mean, I just I'm not gonna you know, I'm not just not gonna be stupid. I mean, what do you want your legacy to be with this? Because, like I said, there's a history of presidents here who have let the country down, and you're in this position to do something unique. Um, How important is your own legacy? Like, we all have an ego. Yeah. You know, this is peak ego for me. (laughs) But, like, what is is the legacy that you want to build? Well, it's not only in currency, of course. But... um... When I was running in as president, we had a homicide rate, a very, very high homicide rate. Uh, we had a country with no hope. We had a country with, you know, this was probably unknown for the majority of people, and the people didn't know, they knew about it, knew about it because of the gangs, or because of the civil war, or because of immigration to the U.S., so changing that will take more than adopting Bitcoin as a legal tender. But that would be part. That would be part of it. And I just, I just want to see my countrymen proud of our country, and proud of our, you know, it's proud of our culture, proud of how, how of who we are. And uh, of course, I can do all, everything as president because it's, it's you know there, there are limits to what you can do. Uh, not only legal limits, but also time limits, uh, you know, the capacity limits. I mean, you don't have a magic wand, right? I wish, but we don't have a magic wand. But um, but I want I want Salvadorans to be proud proud of their country and about being Salvadorans about who we are, and to you know we yeah we have egos, but that's not the the problem is not having egos. The problem is what what does your ego wants? If your ego wants 
to be proud of the job you've done, if your ego wants um, the love of your people. I mean, that's good things having on your ego. Now, if you want to get rich by stealing money or if you want to be a crook, I mean, that's a bad ego, right? So, I mean, I, 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 I do want to leave a legacy and a, as big as it can be. But I don't know uh, how, how much I, I'm going to be able to accomplish. But, but my dream would be like that El Salvador will transit its way from the third world to the first world. It's probably not going to be done in a couple of years, but you know, probably at least we can set up the path. So eventually it goes there. Well, that reminds me of something my friend Balaji says. He said, we often refer to the first and the third world, but actually we should be referring to the ascending and the descending world. And it certainly feels like El Salvador is part of the ascending world now. Well, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully. But you, you, you wouldn't, I wouldn't think the whole first world is descending and the whole third world is ascending, but you could pinpoint some examples of, of transition from being very good to not so good and being bad to being better. Yeah, you, can, you, could, you would find some examples of that. Is, is five years enough to do this job? Does that put a lot of pressure on you? Because I wasn't aware it was one term presidency or one, you couldn't do consecutive terms when I came here. And that was explained to me. And I've been to Bolivia where Morales has changed things. And, you know, and I've spoken to locals and some people have been, you know, it's, it's concerned that, that you maybe would consider changing the constitution to do a second term. But I also at the same time felt like five years is, as a president is a short amount of time. Yeah. You know, it is. It is. For example, if but, but even 10 years, it would be even 20 years. I mean, it's, uh, it's not the amount of time because there's not going to be, there's not going to be a fixed amount of time to fix things. But you can, what, what, like, I, like I said before, you won't achieve such a big switch in the country in, in 10 years or in 15. And so you, you would have to set things into a path and try that path to be followed by example. And you would see that in, 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 in other places. There's, there's a lot of uh, world leaders that, weren't, that uh, weren't even presidents, but they set up their country in, their, in the right path. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just think that if we do things the right way, we will set up a path that is going to be followed by example. And the, 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 even the people are going to ask for that, the, the good things to continue. There's some things that they might not like and say, let's change this couple of things. But the good things, they all, they all gonna ask them, they all gonna ask to continue. And in, in a democratic society, you know, even though we're, I mean, we're maybe poor, but we're democratic. And uh, in a democratic society, um, the power of the people is very strong because they go, in, they go into the polls and they decide which president you want. And if you see in El Salvador's history, you just mentioned that about a president that had been, uh, from the four, last four presidents, three of them uh, have been, have been indicted for jail. I mean, one of them died in, in, in prison and in, in house, house arrest. The other one is in prison and the other one is asylum in Nicaragua because, because he has seven uh, arrest warrants. So it's not that we live in a country where presidents do as they wish. It's a, it's a, I mean, we, we have a history of, don't letting people get away with, with, with crime or with, you know. 
So um, I, I just don't think that if we, we do the things the right way, people will allow somebody to come and destroy everything uh, we have done. And they will probably elect somebody that promises to continue with the good things. Next up, I talked to President Najib Bukele more about Bitcoin as legal tender. But before that, I do have a message from my amazing sponsors. Okay, let's talk about Casa. This is the safest way for you to store your Bitcoin. Now, forgotten passwords, SIM swaps, phishing attacks, there are just too many ways for your Bitcoin to be lost or stolen. But with Casa, you never have to worry about your Bitcoin again because a Casa multi-sig wallet allows you to custody your Bitcoin, but only move Bitcoin by signing transactions from multiple wallets. And these are wallets that you get to distribute into different locations and thus protecting you from a range of mistakes, errors and vulnerabilities. Now, if you want to find out more about this, I am a customer. You can drop me an email or you can DM me on Twitter. There is no better time to upgrade your Bitcoin security and get total peace of mind. You can find out more at keys.casa, which is K-E-Y-S, .casa. Next up, we have sportsbet.io. As the Euros are on, I have teamed up with sportsbet.io to join legends Brett Lee and Danielson in making predictions during the tournament. Now, England just qualified last night. We've just completed the third round and we're about to head to the final 16. If you want a chance to win a prize, then you can go and compare my picks against the other two and see who is right. If you want to find out more, please head over to sportsbet.io forward slash promotions and click on Clubhouse Legends Picks. That is S-P-O-R-T-S-B-E-T dot I-O forward slash promotions and click on the Clubhouse Legends Picks. Next up, we have Exodus Wallet, who I am using as my mobile and desktop wallet for my Bitcoin. And you know what? I was using Exodus over in El Salvador as I tried out the ATM for the first time. Now, as you know, UX is super important to me. So when Exodus reached out to me, I spent some time playing with the app and you know what? They crushed the experience. So I have been happy to recommend it to my friends and family. Now, the Exodus desktop gives you a way to secure and manage your Bitcoin in one beautiful application. And with their mobile wallet, you can send and receive safely using a QR code or address, knowing that Exodus automatically checks all addresses for errors. Make sure you check it out yourself at exodus.com or search for Exodus in the Google or Apple app stores. So I'm going to switch gears into a bit of Bitcoin now. Yeah. People always want to know someone's Bitcoin story. And whenever there's an interview, can, can you remember when you first took a look at Bitcoin? Did you get it straight away? Did you dismiss it? Tell me, tell me your journey. No, I don't, I'm not a, a, as a huge Bitcoiner as you are. I, I, my life's work. Yeah, I, I read your history. Now, um, no, I just, I, when I saw the system, I thought it was like very, very smart. But you know, at, at the beginning, you would have, you would you'd be skeptical about how big would it get or, you know, how would it be stopped or would people accept it or is it just a good idea? You know, there's, there would be thousands of good ideas that just, Vanish with time or in the air, or because they're, they're not adopted by people, or they're not they're not strong enough to to persist with time and grow. But now, after several years, it's not. This is not personal. This is just as president see, seeing Bitcoin growing, like they say, if you see a dip, just zoom out, right? If if you see Bitcoin getting bigger, and not only in price, because that, that, that thing about 
betting everything against the price with the U.S. dollar, it's, I think it, defe- it defeats the purpose. Although it's for, trans- for transition purpose, you, you have to do it. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I just thought from the beginning the system was beautiful, but now I'm more convinced since it has withstand the, the pressure of time and the changes in, in the global landscape and the political landscapes. I mean, uh, three U.S. presidents now, uh, countries changing totally, um, the world stage changing, social media exploding. I mean, you have all of this, all of these things, and Bitcoin doesn't is not all is, has not only persisted, but has a but in fact this has grown. So now you won't. I, I just don't see like a very very nice idea that it's probably going to get to something very important, but actually it is a very important thing now. So it's, it's has proven itself. And at the beginning, it was, it was interesting. Now it's a reality. And that's probably that's my, my personal, my, my, the majority of my personal opinion of it, which, by the way, like I told you before, it doesn't matter anymore. Well, almost all classical economists have rejected Bitcoin. Of course, because they're classical it. economists. Yeah. I mean, you just, just, just define them. So, of course, they, I mean, they, don't, they don't understand. Well, I don't think they don't understand. I think they don't want to understand. Because all of their preconceptions, their theses, their works, their books, their prices would, would be meaningless because they were wrong. So they have to defend. I don't think they're... they're They're that against Bitcoin. I think they're more trying to defend their personal stories. I mean, imagine somebody that's very, you know, well-known, a recognized person in the in economy, and being uh, having attacked Bitcoin for a decade, and now it's you know it would be very hard for him to to see Bitcoin succeed. Mm. Because it would, mean, it would mean that he was wrong. It would mean that all of the prices he got, I mean, at least they're outdated. But sorry, I, inter- I, 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 I interrupted you with the question. But, but you're fine, that's fine. Yeah, but I just think, I just think you know, you, you define it. You, you define the answer with the question itself. Mm. So we heard from the World Bank this week They're not going to help with the Bitcoin integration no. due to concerns over the environment and the transparency. Yeah, that, Did you that, expect this? Yeah. Yeah, I, well, I don't know. Uh, it makes no sense. I'm not going to get into a fight with the World Bank. They're, they are free to, to support us and, and they are free to not, in not supporting us. So, and they support us in, in other issues like education and health. So if they don't want to support us in, in this currency, uh, this new, new currency adoption, uh, they're, they're allowed to. I mean, they don't have to do as we told them. Mm-hmm. So, so it's fine. It's fine. doesn't change anything. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Because we didn't ask them to fund Bitcoin, the Bitcoin project or anything. We just asked them for um, like technical support. But there's huge of talent right here before. So we, I mean, it's, it's good to have the World Bank seal in a project because, you know, they give you, they give you prestige. And you know, we, have, we have enough talent with the 
with, I mean, these people designing the wallets, designing everything. This, I mean, with the, the guys that design Bitcoin Beach and everything, the, the, the ecosystem, the wallets, the, the, well, the Lightning Network, everything. I mean, it's, we have enough talent, so I'm, we're not lacking talent here. We're, we're, way before we announced the, the, the adoption of Bitcoin as a legal tender, this place was full of talent working 24-7 to make this work. And it's going to work because most of these people, they're not here to make money from it. They're here for, because they're idealists and they, 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 they want this thing to work and to make a difference for, for the people that need it the most. And that's not something common. I mean, it, you won't find, it's not easy to find a country where we have a lot of people from other countries working almost for nothing all, rather than making the people of that country, the, the lives of the people of their country better. So what's happening here is not only the adoption of Bitcoin as a legal tender, but what's happening here is having all of this talent and all of these people that, are want, that want to prove themselves that this is the right thing to do and this is going to be good for the people and good for the people, not from the people, the rich people. It's going to be from the, good from the bottom up. And they are giving their time, their money, their, their names, um, their, their credibility, their passion, everything. So I, this, I mean, we, we, we would, I mean, having the World Bank um, advisors or technical support would have been nice, but we really don't need it. I think the talent that, that is here working in this, it's, it's more, more, way more than enough. What about the IMF? There's a lot of interest with your meetings with the IMF. Yeah, yeah. they're concerned. But, you know, we're, we're a full member of the IMF, a full member of the World Bank, a full member of the IDB. I mean, El Salvador is not a pariah state or, you know, this uh, quasi-country or whatever. We're a full member. We're in, we're in, I mean, we have a governor in the IMF. We have, you know, El Salvador is a full member of, all the organizations, financial and non-financial, like the UN, the OAS. And we're a good-behaving and law-abiding country. Uh, this, this is just ex exercising our sovereign right to adopt legal tenders. Mm -hmm. Like we adopted the U.S. dollar in, in the year 2001. What's the difference? The only difference, probably, is the, the, the reasons why we are doing this. In 2001, it was probably done for the benefit of the banks. And this decision is done by the, for the benefit of the people. But that shouldn't be a, a case of too much concern. So I think, you know, we, we have been explaining the things to the, world, to, the, to the IMF, sorry. We have been explaining them. And we'll do, we'll do more explaining if they want to. But the best explaining would come up in September when, when, the, when the law comes into effect and, and everybody sees how it works and how it benefits um, the merchants, the small businesses, how it benefits everybody, how it benefits the country in jobs, in economic development, in, in everything. So, yeah, I mean, they're a, little, they're a little concerned, but I think they're fine with it and they will be fine with it. Well, it's an, it's an aggressive rollout strategy, 90 days. Yeah. Yeah, why so fast? Well, why should we slow it down? 
It's a lot to do in 90 days. Yeah, there's a lot to do, but we like, we like to work under pressure. And, um, and I think it's going to be enough time to roll it out. And the law has some, some considerations if you're not fully rolled out. So it's, it's, it's going to work. 90 days, I think it's enough. I think it's, we're going to prove ourselves that we can, we can work fast enough. And like I said, we have a lot of support and a lot of talent from people from, that just, they just love this project and they are, they are working their asses in this project just because they love it. Why within the law did you make it a requirement for economic agents to accept Bitcoin? Because that is one thing a lot of people have asked about. Yeah. Well, Article, Article 7 is very important. Mm. But you cannot look into Article 7 without looking into Article 8 and Article 12 because they work together. I mean, it's like, um, it's like getting, out of, getting Article 7 without looking into Article 8 and 12. It's getting Article 7 out of context. Now, Article 7 actually um, protects the people. Why? Because imagine people in the Sonte would work in an ecosystem with Bitcoin, right? And this 70% of population, because El Sonte represents the 70% of population, even though it was a very small uh, population, but it represents 70% of our population which has no bank accounts. It's outside the financial system. They, they not only don't have bank accounts, but they don't have a credit card. I mean, so um, imagine these people in the Sonte or in, you know, in uh, some other places working in an ecosystem with Bitcoin. And then having their uh, sets and going into a pharmacy to buy medicine with their sets, right? They just got from a tourist. And the pharmacy would say, oh, no, I'm not going to receive your sets because I'm a private agent. And I'm just, you know, I'm just, I just don't want your sets. So you will actually be, uh, it would be a discrimination I guess 70% of the people that you want to benefit. Because if you want to, if you want to benefit the people that don't have bank accounts, that they don't have savings, that they don't have another way of payment, and they would earn bitcoins with hard work and selling pupusas, then they would have, they would have, the, um, they have to be able to go and buy medicine or food and have them receive their sats. Now, there's something in Article 8 which protects the pharmacy. Because you would say, well, but, uh, you know, Bitcoin is something that promotes freedom. So you need um, the freedom to either uh, accept or not accept Bitcoin, right? Mm -hmm. But Article 8 gives you the power to immediately and automatically exchange the Bitcoin that they are giving to you into dollars. So the pharmacy, which is required in Article 7 to accept Bitcoin so it don't discriminate on the woman that comes from the community and is buying medicine, Article 8 protects the pharmacy because if they don't want to receive Bitcoin, they just press a button and they will receive U.S. dollars. So why would they reject accepting Bitcoin from this lady that comes from the pupusa shop and... If they will receive the dollars that they are asking for their products, because if, if their product says five dollar fifty cents, they will receive five dollar and fifty cents in their app. So why would they reject 
this lady sets. It doesn't make any sense. So we need Article 7 to protect 70% of the people, and we need Article 8 to protect 30% of the people. Now we also have Article 12, which if somebody says, okay, I don't have the technology, I don't have the phone, I don't have a smartphone, I don't have an internet access, uh, where I live, internet is not so good, or I cannot use this thing, I, I don't know how to use the app. Well, that's, that's why Article 12 is there, so he won't be, he doesn't have to use it if he can't use it. And of course, we will promote the use of it because we don't want them to be left behind the benefits of Bitcoin. So we will promote them to use it, but of course, they will be at their own pace. And if it takes us five, of course, I would, I would try, we will try that it takes less, but if it takes us five or 10 years to implement it fully, well, it would take what it takes. Mm-hmm. But it's not. First, let's, let's, let's be clear on something. Having something as legal tender, it means that you can pay all your public or private, private debts with it. That's, that's the definition of legal mm-hmm. tender. You cannot do a legal tender that is not accepted. It won't, won't be legal tender. There will be probably foreign currency or it will be something else, an asset. But it won't be a legal tender. But Article 7 is not there just to enforce the legal tenderish. It's there to protect the people that is going to get, that is going to work in this ecosystem. And Article 12 is to protect the people that would get the money from the, the people that are working in the ecosystem. And Article 12 is to protect everybody. So at the end, it's, you know, it's, it's a very simple, short law, very few articles, very clear, no fine print, no earmarks. Uh, no pork. Mm-hmm. It's very clean, uh, simple, short, easy to read, easy to understand, nothing hidden. I mean, and totally optable because you're, you can actually opt out. I mean, you have to take the SATs. You, you have to accept the SATs, but you have to receive them. So you can actually receive U.S. dollars. So how can you complain? I mean, you're receiving what you ask for. You're asking for U.S. dollars, you're receiving U.S. dollars. What's, what's your problem that the other person is benefiting for exchanging his hats? It, it, it doesn't make any sense because you, you have full freedom to choose between uh, Bitcoin or U.S. dollars. And the person paying has full freedom to choose between Bitcoin or U.S. dollars. So it's full freedom for both of them. And it's probably the only system in the world when the payer can pick a, uh, one of the choices that is different from the seller. And both of them have, have full freedom. So this is, I mean, this is, this is beautiful. It's, it's just like Bitcoin. It's just, it's just something made for Bitcoin because it gives full freedom to the seller, but also gives full freedom to the buyer. And I mean, what can be better than that? Full freedom for both of them. And, and are you planning to hold Bitcoin in the country's reserves? No. You're not. No, we're not. We're planning to hold Bitcoin in the trust fund. We're going to have a, a Bitcoin trust fund in, the, in the, our country's development bank. And we got, we're going to hold Bitcoin and we're also going to hold U.S. dollars so we can, uh, so we can do the, the automatic exchanges. So we are actually um, going to uh, protect the volatility. So if it changed in, in the five minutes that was, or one minute that it took to make the transaction, it doesn't matter because the government will deposit in your account the amount of dollars you ask in, this, in the retail price. 
So if you're selling this, you know, this pair of shoes in $50, you will receive $50. It doesn't matter if the price of Bitcoin changed change in the, the price of Bitcoin against the dollar changed in the, in the time you were doing the transaction. You will receive the $50. You will get that deposited to your account. So, um, so we will hold some Bitcoin in the, in the, in the trust fund. Mm. And, um, and, uh, but we're not in the not in the national reserves. That's in the central bank. It's a, it's a different it's a different story there. Probably in the future. In the future. But yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Why not? And we believe in it. It's just that it's not part of the law. The law enacts the the trust fund, but it doesn't it doesn't force the central bank to buy Bitcoin in its reserves. But of course, that could be a central bank's decision. How, how do you plan to roll out an education program? Because you, you know, Bitcoin's complicated. There's a lot to learn. How do you plan? You well, know? you know, it's not that complicated because you don't have to understand it fully. It's like, it's like the fiat system. Mm-hmm. Nobody really understands the fiat system. <laughs> I mean, people, people know that if they have $5 and, and you know, uh, the thing they are going to buy is $4, they're going to get $1 in return. Everybody knows that. But people don't know actually how the system works, how the, the money is backed, how is it printed, how is it issued. Uh, how, how, I mean, who controls it? People don't really know how the system works, the, the traditional system, the fiat system. They don't really know how it works. But, it knows, but they know how, they, how it works for them. So what we actually, what we need to do is that we, we should do, roll out this huge education campaign. But we don't need to like, explain like, all the details of how it works, because probably not even you know how the details of how it works. I mean, do you know how to solve a puzzle? I mean, it's, you know, it's, you have to provide enough information for the people to know how it works and don't be scammed, um, how it functions, what the, is the be, in their best interest. That's very important. But how the full system works, I mean, I mean, probably very few people in the world know how the full system works. And it, it works the same with, way with traditional monetary systems. Very few people in the world actually knows how a traditional monetary system works. Mm. So let's talk about the infrastructure. Yeah. Are you planning to launch a government wallet or are you planning to open it up to the market for competition, for people to come in? What are you planning on doing? Both. Okay. Yeah, like we announced this uh, before. Uh, we're going to do a uh, government wallet we're developing with Strike. Uh, Jack Mallers and his team are putting this up. They're doing really well here. Strike is the, the Strike Wallet is the most downloaded app in El Salvador. Mm-hmm. More than Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, WhatsApp. It's the Strike Wallet right now. And they are developing, they are designing the government wallet. It will, uh, of course, compete with their wallet. Because they love the project. They love the project. And they want it to succeed. And they know that the government wallet is very important for the project to succeed. Because... Um, we're going to guarantee, especially for low-income people, to have access to a wallet that it's, it's, free, it's free on the Internet. I mean, you can access without having uh, an Internet plan. You can access the wallet because it's the government of one. So the, so the cell phone carriers will give you free access to it. And, and we're going to guarantee the automatic um, convertibility of the of Bitcoin to the US dollar and vice versa with... Uh, with that app and with the trust fund. So, and we can actually, um, you know, 
send people some benefits with their wallets, with their digital wallets. So it's going to be very important in the adoption of Bitcoin, especially for the uh, most vulnerable m- most vulnerable population. But of course, it's going to be open to the market. A lot of people prefer, you know, international wallets that work better when they travel. You know, so it's going to be it's going to be interesting. We're just going to put one more option up there. The government is not in it to make money. I mean, it's not. I mean, we're not launching a wallet because we want to be a wallet company. We're just doing it because we want to fill in the holes or the gaps that the that the system might have, and we we want to since. Article 12 says we have to provide uh, the technology, we have to provide um, the capacity and the education so everyone can access the benefits. And we don't want a law that it's only for the rich or only for, not even only, not even only for the middle class. We want, a, we want a, a system that works for everybody. So, and we want the most vulnerable economically to, economically to benefit from that. So I think the, the governmental wallet will be a, a very important piece in it. Now, it might, they show us some numbers, you know, in, in, in India, for example, they made a governmental wallet is used by less than 1% of the population. Sometimes they don't work. Yeah. Because sometimes people use, you know, the, the free market system is the best system in the world. And sometimes it just develops better things, you know, than, than the government can develop. But I think, at least for the beginning, it's very important that the government has a, an option, a public option, so, so we fill in the gaps and the, and the doubts and the, and, the, and the risks and the volatility. And you know, so we, we make sure that everybody is able to benefit from this uh, project. So we're going to do our own wallet, but it's going to be open to, to all the wallets. It's not going to be, um, there's no monopoly or oligopoly involved in this project. There are... A lot of people now interested in El Salvador, a lot of companies looking, you know, after we tweeted that I'd met with you, I had a lot of people getting in touch and saying, can you introduce me? You know, we want to invest in the country. We also have uh, an industry with altcoins, you know, we call them shit coins. Um, Bitcoin itself is, is hard to understand. There's a lot to understand. But how do you feel about the entire crypto industry being opened up to the people of El Salvador? Well, we're, it's a Bitcoin law. We, it's very hard to put in place two currencies at the same, working at mm. the same time. And like I, say, like I said before, give total freedom to the seller and total freedom to the buyer at the same time, even if the seller and the buyer pick a different currency. So it's, it's hard. I mean, it's not, it's not really, really hard, but you know, we have to put an infrastructure in place, a trust fund, you know, um, some some uh, rules that facilitate the transactions and et cetera. Uh, we're we're not going to ban any other you know crypto uh, currencies or whatever, but this is just a, this is a Bitcoin law. Uh, it's just for Bitcoin for several reasons, but the main. Uh, reason would be that it's it would be impossible to have ten, ten legal tenders. I mean, having two legal tenders is it's quite a challenge enough. Then to go and have three, four legal tenders is, that's not going to happen. It's just going to be Bitcoin. Now, if somebody wants to invest, it's a free country. You can, I mean, you can put your factory, your offices here. It's free. It's a free country. But a legal tender, it's only U.S. dollar and Bitcoin, and that's the way it's going to be. 
So we're, we're putting all of our bets and efforts on Bitcoin. And what and, if people do want to invest or they want to migrate here? You know, when are you open for business? Well, we're, we're, we're open for business now. Now, just going to come new laws are going to come out shortly. Like, for example, the law of, of residency when you invest three Bitcoins. And I, have to, I have to remind something because somebody asked me that. It's not that you paying three Bitcoins for the residency. You just have to invest them. That was me last time. Well, it was you. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, you just have to invest yeah. them. I mean, you can buy uh, a Tes house. A Tesla. Yeah, of course. You can buy a house or a Tesla. Or you can buy whatever you want. And uh, you, have, you just have to buy something or invest in something. Like if you're going to set up an office, maybe you, you're going to pay rent. You're not going to build an office, but you're going to pay rent. And you buy some, some office furniture and some computers. If that amounts to three Bitcoins, you will have a permanent residency. So it's not that you have to pay for your residency. It's just that you have to invest the, the amount of three Bitcoins in the country so you get permanent residency. And that's not, that's not the only, that's not the only um, good thing about investing here, but also the environment. The thing that Bitcoin is a legal tender, so you, if, if the currency goes up or you transact in a different price, that you, you make the transaction at a different price that you did, you, you, you did the previous transaction, that's just the value of the currency. It's not, it's not that you, it, there's no capital gains. No, because we're uh, getting capital gains away from Bitcoin. It's just that it, a currency doesn't have capital gains because it's not an asset that is worth more. It's just that the currency is worth more in parallel to, to another currency. So there's no capital gains on, on it. And also, um, you will have all of the, a, lot, a lot of the environment, you will have a lot of Bitcoiners and a lot of talent and a lot of developers and entrepreneurs working here, so that would be nice. And also, there's no, there's no property tax. We're probably one of the few countries in the world that doesn't have a property tax. And that's not only for Bitcoin, that's you know, just for everybody. But we have no property tax, so you can actually buy a very nice, and we have great beaches and very great surfing beaches too. So you can buy a very lovely house in the, you know, in, in the front of the sea and having, you know, living in the beach and, and in a Bitcoin environment, you would, you would get permanent residency because you already invested in the house and you would get no capital gains tax from your transactions. You can mine here with clean energy. Well, yeah, I can't leave without asking you about volcanoes. Yeah, and, and, but to, to, to answer your question, and you have no property tax on your beachfront house. So, you know, it's, it's, you know it's, for me, it's a great deal. I mean, of course, it's not a deal for everyone, but it's a deal for a lot of people. And, and, that, and that would be good for the country also. It's not only good for Bitcoiners, it's also good for the country because you have talent coming, companies coming, uh, investment coming, uh, money flowing. So that's good for the people. It's good for the country. It's good for development. It's good for jobs. It's good for Bitcoin. It's good for the world. I mean, this is this is this is gonna be this is gonna be huge. Well, I'm considering it for sure. Yeah, you should. I right. should. Yeah. At least you can buy a vacation house. I mean, you don't have to live the full year here, but you know, you can live three months here or six or long enough to have the better tax rates in the UK. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So you can be traveling to the UK. <laughs> exactly. So tell me about the volcano mining. Yeah. I, I made a show uh, that went out on Wednesday with my friend Harry, who's a miner, and we discussed all different energy sources. 
but it was prior to your announcement, so geothermal didn't even come up. Yeah. Tell me about the volcano mining. Well, um, geothermal, it's, very, it's a very, very clean source of energy. And it's probably one of the, I won't say the best, because you know, there's, there's a lot of uh, green, other green energy projects that are good. It, it has almost no downsides. I mean, for example, solar is very, it's very good. Actually, we're, we're building some solar projects because we have a lot of sun and we have to, you know, that's, that's very good and it's clean. But, they, but you need batteries if you want them to work at night or you need a different source of power to power things up at night. And, you know, the peak in energy consumption is, is in nighttime. So you don't, you don't have any sun at peak consumption. Uh, wind, it works at night but it doesn't work when it's not windy. And you would have, for example, we have a lot of hydroelectric. That's great because you have the battery, which the battery is the dam. So you fill the dam with water and that's your battery, right? So it works very well. But still, you're, it depends on how much it rains and you're probably, um, you know, cutting some river stream down the, down the road. So you're probably affecting some people. You're affecting fishermen. So, you know, there's downsides. But with, geother- with geothermal energy, that's the energy of the earth. I mean, it's, it's right there. You can make the well, you can not make the well, and the energy will be there. I mean, it's just the earth's energy. And it works 24-7, 365 days a year. It will probably work for the next 500 million years or whatever just before you know the sun uh, absorbs us or something. Um, so it's going to be there. It's, it's there 24-7. The amount of energy you get from it, it's, stable, it's totally stable because the shifts in, in the Earth's power are measured in millions of years. You know, measured like any other thing, like in seasons or months. It's measured in the millions of years. So it's there. And we have discovered new wells that will give us 95 megawatts, which is not like huge, but still it's quite considerable. So we want to use that for Bitcoin mining. And we already have received a lot of interest from a lot of people. Not surprised. Yeah. And if you add up, of course, you know, that to, make thing, to make things materialize, it takes time and, you know, negotiations and those types of things. And you have to pick up the, the, good, the good guys. But still, we have probably had interest in two gigawatts, which is 2,000 megawatts, and we only have 95. So it's going to, I mean, they're, they're going to they're gonna go like this. And that's going to provide a lot of income to the country. Mm-hmm. And the plant, to build up a plant, it's going to cost $480 million. So that's going to be a legacy for, for the country because uh, we are, we were, we are, building infrastructure paid by Bitcoin. And we're looking into something we're going to announce later, but I'm, I think the, this whole project is going to pay for other things as well. So in the future, you will see uh, schools being built with a sign that says, this school is being built with the Bitcoin law. Or suddenly you would be you're seeing um, uh, health clinics and say, this health clinic is, is, is being built with by uh, resources from the Bitcoin law or sports complexes or, you know, so roads. 
bridges. So it's gonna be, it's not gonna be only good for the monetary system or for the currency, and for remittances and for economic inclusion and for uh, uh, banking uh, services like lending or you know, it's not only gonna be good for the Bitcoiners and tourism and investing and jobs, but also for energy and income to the uh, to do um, social projects like schools or, or roads and bridges that. Without this law, they wouldn't have that uh, that thing that would be that would that would pay for them. So it's going to be, I mean, it's a full circle. It's a big project. Big project. Well, listen, I want to say thank you. You know, you see me twice. I know you're busy. Uh, I believe this is going to be your first interview on it, so I appreciate you uh, giving it to me. Uh, I know you covered a bit on uh, Twitter Spaces. Um, I've been coming to El Salvador for nearly two years now. I love the country. I love the people. They've always treated me really well. I told you I love the pupusas. Uh, I think El Zonte's. Everybody loves the pupusas. Everyone loves the pupusas. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, I think it's a fabulous country, and I intend to keep coming back and support the project to help the locals. I'm here to help the locals, and I wish you the best. And I think you're pretty brave doing this. And, uh, you know, it's, it's the first step on... on something I didn't actually think would ever happen. You know, when people talked about hyper-Bitcoinization, I was like, well, really? But, you know, you could start this. One country, somebody said to me, one country's a target, two's a movement, ten's a gang. You know, even Adrian earlier, we had the G7 meeting, he said it could be the B10, the Bitcoin 10. But um, I just wish you the best of luck with it. And if you reach out, I'm sure Bitcoiners will be here to help you. And, uh, yeah, salut. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so what did you think of that one? Did you enjoy that? Now, over the last week that I had spent in El Salvador, I managed to spend a bit of time with President Bukele and his brothers. And look, I was really impressed with their understanding of Bitcoin and also their focus on bringing freedom and prosperity to the people of El Salvador. Now, we are Bitcoiners. We don't trust. We verify. We've been burned before. So... My position is I am cautiously optimistic with this project and I myself will revisit El Salvador and I've offered up my help to the people of the country to help and support them in any way I can. So listen, if you're out there, if you're a Bitcoiner, if you're working on a project, if I can help you in any way, then please do reach out to me. If you're a shitcoiner, honestly, do one. I'm not interested. Again, I do want to give a massive shout out to the Bitcoin Beach team and Michael Peterson. They planted this seed two years ago, and that has now become legal tender in the country. A big shout out to Jack Mallers and everything he's done, and also President Bukele for taking the massive step to make it legal tender. There's a lot of people behind this. It's a really important project, so I've probably missed out a whole bunch of people. Now, this is, I keep saying this, this is an important project for Bitcoin, but also humanity. Bitcoin offers economic freedom to everyone. So we as Bitcoiners, we can help. We can help in so many ways. So listen, if you are a Bitcoiner, get out to El Salvador, head down to El Zonte, spend some sats, see the project, offer up your help. As I said, I'm going to be going back hopefully a bunch of times. I'm looking to get back there over the summer. And yeah, if you've got anything I need to be aware of or if I can help, please do reach out to me. Listen, I hope you enjoyed this interview. Maybe this is the first one you've listened to. Maybe you're new to the show because of this. Well, listen, I've got a whole bunch of other ones that are worth checking out. If you do have any questions, if you want to reach out to me, you can head into my Telegram group or you can hit me up at hello at whatbitcoindid.com. Outside of that, if you enjoyed the show, if you want to support it, please do go and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. Hopefully you think the show deserves five stars. Maybe you don't. 
Maybe you think it's shit. Maybe you want to give me one star. Either way, head over there and support the show. Outside of that, it's a sunny day. I'm going to be heading outside now. Looking forward to all the feedback. Looking forward to what you think of this. Have a great rest of your week, and I'll see you all on Friday.